the like thing, the thing is for, for me um i feel like something successful mm. if i don't necessarily have a use case for it but care care about it yeah right yeah and i have i have a use case for for pineapple and naked but i don't use them why not also i don't know where you want this conversation to head because the one that we've been having already is really good <laughs> so i don't know what you feel like i i think look i think we can we can talk about that like uh, we can continue what we're talking about and uh, maybe that tweet uh, <laughs> the, the tweet that landed me here the you know the frustration openly being frustrated on twitter about um you know but about trying to to do something and then just having it not work out the way i, I thought maybe we can start there then we can go back to you know the product the product kind of yeah well maybe you know i want i've wanted to have a conversation with a developer right okay and this conversation is really around building product okay i think that it's deeply misunderstood how complicated and also tech like i think when people say i want to build an app they think it's just something that's just gonna <laughs> like they, they think of it the way that you think of designing like a yes. poster for an event no one thinks deeply and meaningfully about hey you're going into a space that you might not understand and it's not as simple as okay i think that people should get groceries delivered to their house and you can just build one thing and it's just gonna be quick and easy and like okay you know okay i'm gonna start yeah. over please lock this okay that shoot just that shoot because i am worried that someone will just like barge in okay we're gonna start over but we're gonna start on that tangent if it's cool no no that's perfect uh, i have a lot to say about that <laughs> yo um you know <clears throat> okay <clears throat> we're gonna start over now cool mm, should i just let this run yeah i think i'll just let this run just need to make sure that it's recording the right way because yeah, 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 I don't want problems. Okay. Get comfortable. Yeah, I'm comfortable. You need, is that, is yeah. that where you're sitting? Yeah, I'm fine. Okay, cool. <laughs> do that. Just to make sure. Cool. cool. So, thank you so much for coming, by the way. Um, really appreciate it. Well, thank you for inviting me. Like, cool. Uh, really, really excited. I think um, it's deeply misunderstood how, complica- how complicated, but also how much talent it takes to actually build great products. What do you think is something that people don't understand about what it takes to build tech products, um, <laughs> especially in South Africa and like with the challenges that we might have? Look, I think it's a, it's a very difficult question, right? Um, because you need to understand two things, right? Technology is a complex problem, right? Um, and it's a complex system, right? Technology is complex because when you talk about technology, you could be talking about an app, so from software to hardware and all of those things, and human beings are another complex system. Mm. So you've got a complex system acting on another complex system, right? And then factor in the fact that we we live in a third world country, you know, where everyone's just trying to survive. Something that we just don't admit enough. Yeah, we... We act like we, we live in a first world country. That's and because everything around us looks that way. <laughs> but it, it, it doesn't even look that way. I mean, like, what, what is it? Jack Dorsey spent uh, some time, is it Uganda? 
Uganda, Ghana, Nigeria. But we look at those countries and we think we're better, if we're being honest, right? Yeah. And, and w- at least in the in the sphere of tech, of tech, we're not. Yeah. Because they're clearly doing better than us. I mean... By, uh, by what metric, though? Because, I, firstly, I do agree with you, right? Like, I do think that it is underdocumented how much is happening across the continent that has nothing to do with South Africans and would probably humble us just a little bit to understand like the vastness <laughs> of the talent and the, the type of products that are coming out from like these incredible countries like up north. Yeah, look, I, th- I think the, the number one measure of success right now is unicorns, mm. right? Uh, it's, it's the easy one in tech. They, they're producing a lot of unicorns. Mm. Um, I mean, you look at um, the, lack of, the likes of Flutterwave and, uh, and, and, and Paystack, and we, we're depending on the products that they're building for us to build our products. Mm. Like we, don't, we don't have things that people deeply care about at that level yet, right? Mm. And, and that's because building, building products is difficult for multiple reasons. So back to the complex system, acting on a complex system, Number one, you have, you know, you have Tabo from the corner house who wants an app, right? He wants an Uber Eats-like app, mm. right? And that's all he knows. And he knows that you're a developer and he has 20 grand. Mm. So he comes to you and he says, um, VT, I want, I want you to build me this app. I just want to deliver groceries. But instead of delivering groceries in Centurion and around Centen, I want to do it in Mamelodi. Mm. And then as a, as a developer, you know, you're trying to line your pockets, get uh, some more money as well. So you also underestimate how, how difficult it is because there's the other side, by the way, right? Um, w- we normally focus on how people who want the products don't understand technology, mm. but developers uh, are too obsessed with just the technology and don't go as far as to understand like the business intent and the other side of it. I mean, there's, there's, there's marketing, there's product market fit, there's how to test the idea, uh, the feasibility of something like that. So I'll give you a real life example. I think last, last year I was approached by two people, right? Completely different uh, types of approaches to testing uh, the business. I think the, the one guy is the scooter guy, right? Mm. And he, I've always admired what he's doing. And you know, is this Figile? I, I think I think that's yeah, his name. it's Figile. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he he approached Mukondli, and then Mukondli pulled me in, and you know, he wanted to build like this delivery thing. He wanted to use WhatsApp, right, to get orders, and all he wanted was like a payment system. Mm. And I said, look, I don't have, I don't really have the time to do that because you know, um, how do I benefit? I need to get like a percentage of of a percentage of the transaction. I'm like, I don't think it's worth my time right now. But mm. I saw him like go ahead with it and be successful, right? And he took like the 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 path of least resistance and I think that's because he understands business. Mm. Then you look at another guy who approached me and sent me an email, found my you know my email from 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 a friend, wants an app. Um like Uber Eats, uh like Mr. Delivery. But he wanted But he wants to focus on 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 delivery. So he wants to build Zulzi. Mm. Right? And I sent him an email. I, I, I spent my time and I, I asked him questions, right? I'm like, cool. So what you're looking at there is you're looking at some sort of interface for 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 uh, drivers mm. or, you know, the, the people doing the you're buying. You're looking at multiple right? products. It's yeah. not just no, one. It's not, it's not one product, right? Yeah. It's like at least four, at the very least, right? And that's before you, you plug in things like data and trying to understand 
people's habits and all of that. Like, okay, cool. You know, you need a driver network. Do you have an idea for how you're going to do that, right? Mm. Um, is there an existing company you're going to work with or are you going to establish something for yourself? Do you have the capital to do, uh, to do that, mm. right? Then you need to have um, something for, you know, for the shops as well, an interface for the shops to load their products. Mm. Um, you need an interface for the customer who wants to browse through the catalog and all of that. And... Um, you need to have all the systems communicate. Mm. On top of that, then there's, there's uh, complexities. Uh, are you going to allow people to buy groceries from multiple shops? Right? So can I buy from, from checkers and pick and pay? Or am mm. I restricted to one? What happens if the item I want is not there? Or not the price that I thought it, it, like it, it was, right? Mm. How, are you going, how are you going to handle um, refunds, right? Uh, you know, if, if something's broken... When it's delivered to my house, uh, how you gonna t- and people don't know, right? Like mm. they, they just don't know the answer to to this, and the result you, you, you didn't it, answer me. Yeah, I mean, obviously, because you asked uh, a lot of questions that you <laughs> might have like not had the answers to, right? And yeah. it's mainly because it's like. I think so much is hidden from consumers in the end experience of most of these like on-demand services yeah. because all I see is me ordering food on. On Uber, I don't think about the fact that, okay, if I order food on Uber, it needs to go to a store. That store needs to process that, and then it activates the driver, and the driver connects then to me. Yes. And there's so many steps of things that have to happen for one successful transaction. Do you think that also makes it very, um, very hard for people to care or have any empathy for startups that are building products that are imperfect. Because if you don't communicate like the complexity of all of that, I don't care as an end consumer. All I care about is having a great experience. I don't care about the fact that this has to have four different elements and this connects to that person. So that lack of empathy might come from, hey, I've never seen the whole thing. But I I can't expect you to care. I don't care about cars, Mm. right? I, I want to know that I go into into my car and I drive to my destination, right? Mm. I'm not I'm not obsessed with cars, right? If 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 I could live without a car, I would, right? And I thought Uber was that. It's not maybe not not you know it's getting expensive, but I don't care enough about cars that I need to make sure that after a specific amount of time I trade in my car so that I have a newer car that uh, you know is still within like the maintenance plan and all of that because. When it breaks, I don't want to look under the hood, mm. right? And expecting people to care about w- what hard work goes into your product is, is, is irrational, right? Because people buy into products because it simplifies their lives. People buy into, into products because it feels like an extension of, 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 of who they are, right? Mm. When, when I decide to order something from my phone, as opposed to me driving to the shop, like I'm doing like a cost, uh, benefit analysis. Yeah, right? um, is it worth it? Uh, am, am I happy to pay uh, twenty bucks for someone else to come and deliver the food to my door, um, as opposed to just me getting up and 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 and, and doing it? And if your if if your product feels like a lot of work, like I, I need to labor mm. and I need to have empathy for who you are and how you build it, and all, it's too much work. Mm. Um, I'm, I'd rather not. That responsibility shouldn't be on the consumer or the end user, right? That, that's not why products exist. Products exist because uh, society needs something, right? Mm. And 
if I have to labor to use your product, then you failed. Mm. And, and, and maybe it's early, right? Um, but you haven't succeeded yet, mm. right? And, and, and the thing is that like people, people, first of all, underestimate the amount of work that would go into a product, but people also don't always think about the fact that a product is supposed to solve a problem or provide some sort of value to uh, to people. So they want others to be forgiving inst instead of solving the problem. And in my experience, a lot of the problems that we have, at least in this country, can be solved by leveraging other technologies or other products as opposed to building something from the ground up. Yeah. And maybe this goes into like a question I had around, you know, what are the right, if there is right versus wrong motivations for trying to build a product? Would, what would you say are the things that you really look out for is like, okay, this person's definitely got the right motivations and those motivations will sustain them when things get really, really hard because they will get hard in the process of trying to build yeah. any type of product or a startup or, or a small business. What do you look at as being like the right sort of motivations that can sustain, sustain someone in that process and that journey? I, I think a lot of the why you're doing it um, I, I, I think people like building product is hard, right? Actually, doing anything is hard. If you if you look at the podcast right now, like you you put in a lot of work into the people you want to bring into your studio, um, what you want to do, uh, what you want to talk about, and the kind of impact um, this will have on the audience, your listeners, right? Um, product is the same the same thing. It's about how do you how do you service that need, right? And when you start a podcast, you don't start writing software for recording podcasts and distributing it and what you leverage what's there, mm. right? You, and I think that's, that's the mistake that a lot of us make, is, you know, as, as engineers, we have, you know, what's called a not build, not build here syndrome, right? Um, so instead of, 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 of solving the problem, we start, you know, like we start building this thing from the from the ground up, and if you flip that around and you don't you don't you don't do technology for the technology's sake, right? You start to look at the problem differently. I, I personally believe that um, a business, a, a technology business, should be something that like solves a pain, and and that pain could be you're spend I'm spending um, four hours a week uh, running the numbers for you know for my company trying to figure out if we're, we're still profitable or if we can make it through the next three months or something like that. Mm. Right. And someone might sell me a product and he has a product that does all of this and I don't need uh, all the other bells and whistles. All I want to know is that do I have enough money to last me the next three months for my business? And you can achieve that with Excel. Right. Mm. Um, you can achieve that with no code tools like Zapier, you know, connecting zero and, uh, you know, whatever, other, like simple pay or whatever other tools that you use. Mm. Right. So a person who understands a business figures out um, what is the bottleneck and how do I solve for it? Mm. And you could solve a bottleneck by either just removing it or leveraging a tool to, uh, uh, you know, like to solve for it or building something from the ground up. But mm. do the easiest thing first, right? Mm. So if if you want to service, um, you know, people in the township and you want to build a, a, a grocery delivery app, right? First of all, verify that there's a need for that. Use WhatsApp. They have it. Um, and I think you said his name is Fikile. He did it. 
he, he leveraged WhatsApp. He didn't he didn't start with building an app from the from, from the ground up. So I think I think people kind of just need to shift their focus uh, and and move away from the obsession of building things uh, from the ground up and and rather start leveraging leveraging technology to to build businesses and solve problems. Mm. And what do you think of you know say I have validated that there yeah. is a need for something right like whether or not you've spoken to a hundred people and mm. like. 85% of those people have said, you know, this is a really big problem for me. Um, once you've sort of established that in some form of a metric yeah. and you clearly understand that there is a problem and there's a market like big enough where you'll actually be able to build something sustainable or just um, take VC money until, you know, kingdom comes yeah. because they think that, you know, this is actually worth banking on. Yeah. And like, if you actually crack this, like an incredible business can come from that. Once you've sort of validated that, what would you say are like the first steps that you should go with? Because I don't think the first step is to go on Twitter and find a developer and say, hey, Mona, I want you to to build this app. (laughs) I don't think that that's the right way to go about it. Like, what do you think is a better or like a smarter way to really start to go towards building something? It's finding your your biggest bottleneck, Mm. right? So let's say, for example, you are um, selling shoes, right? Um, I think that's a really big business right now in South Africa. Let's say you're selling shoes and you're selling them out of the boot of your car. And mm-hmm. you know that you can reach like a, like a specific area like within your neighborhood and you have like 100 customers or 100 customers a month. And you know that people want this shoe and you've validated that there's a, there's a need for it. The next step might not even be setting up a Shopify um, like page yet. It might be just getting two other people um, who can reach other neighborhoods, right? It's mm. about scaling your, like identifying the, the thing that is blocking you from scaling and then solving for that mm. until uh, you reach a point where like human intervention is just way too inefficient. Mm. Then technology becomes a thing. But by the time you reach a level where human intervention is is inefficient, you've got a business. Mm. Yeah. And... You know, I feel like people skip those steps so much. Because we all want to be billionaires. Because every, uh, every, every, everyone told us if you start... Everyone wants to be Mark Zuckerberg. If you start in your garage, you can be Mark Zuckerberg. Or Jeff yeah. Bezos. And, and, and <laughs> ignore the nuances that surround that. What is the, the South African equivalent of that garage, uh, garage startup story in South Africa? Because I do think that it's a very different version, right? Like, we like to attach these um, American ways of thinking about the journeys of entrepreneurs and how we should help them and how they need to be supported. What's the South African version of that? Oh no, me and my four friends um, are in my mom's garage after she gave us gang capital, just to like figure <laughs> things out. What's the South African equivalent? And also what does that journey look like for a South African entrepreneur that's trying to build a tech product? Because I do think that it's very different um, from what the American story might be. And it's very different from, say, any other sort of journey of an entrepreneur in any other country as well. Maybe I haven't been, been paying uh, enough attention because I don't know if there is, right? Mm. Um, you know, as, as you were saying before we started recording, I, what I noticed is that, you know, people come up with great ideas, right? Um, but, like, the companies that should be enabling them mm. uh, end up destroying them. Mm. Right. Because, you know, you come to me and you say, um, 
VT, here's how I can plug into your ecosystem and, 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 and benefit. And then I say, okay, cool, that's great. I'll, I'm going to pay you um, a million rand once off. Mm. And then just give it to me. Right? Mm. As opposed to, okay, cool, I'm going to plug in and actually like, grow your network. Because I think that that cosign could be the reason why you, you, know, you kick off. Mm. And if you look at almost all the big um, products in, like, in, 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 in SA, uh, you know, like the pineapples and, and, and naked insurance, and it's like there's a big brand behind them. Mm. You look at uh, you know, Snapscan, they were backed by, by, by Standard Bank. There's a lot of value that comes into that. Can you imagine um, like the, the kind of you know, like, like power you have as a small fintech startup being backed by one of the biggest banks? And, yeah, but and, it doesn't look that way with Snapscan. <laughs> it look I, I feel like um as soon as a, a a really cool thing happens inside like these really big organizations yeah they find a way to make it uncool and kill it like you've seen this like yeah. over many years where a really cool startup will come up and then a corporate acquires them absorbs them or invests in them and they're just not the same after that and, and, and i feel like snapscan's never bit, like it's never hit where it could hit you know what I mean? I, I hear you. I hear you. I, I don't think it's as I don't think it's as big as it could have been. And I don't think it can now with Apple Pay. Right? Oh yeah. Because no one wants to be scanning QR codes. Like I, I remember um I was working with a, a a guy from Germany um back in twenty nineteen and like he was paying with Apple Pay. And I'm like, when are we getting that? Right? And I'm like, but at least we have like Snapscan. It's like, yeah, that's that's efficient. You take out your phone, you log into this thing, and then you scan a code, and then you type in this. And, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, wow, okay, cool. And then Apple Pay comes in, and like it kills that, right? Mm. Um, and, and, and that's my, my, my point. I, I don't think we have examples of that like currently happening in, like in, in South Africa. I was, I was personally impressed by, 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 by watching Yoko's launch event uh, mm. last week. I was like, Oh, like this is this is great, right? Like you know, uh, here are people who look like me mm. uh, who started this thing, and there's enough interest that they they have an event and it's being hosted and people are talking about it and there's like I'm interested. I can stop whatever else I'm doing, and I, I just don't think there are a lot of yokos in mm. in South Africa right now. What 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 do you think it's gonna take um, to make it happen? Because uh, and and it's not just Yoko. I, mm. I want to say though, yeah. there are other startups that I'm looking at. I'm like, yo, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Um, how do we? First of all, let's mm. do this. Maybe can you name like other guys that you put in that sort of realm, and then we go into um, as, as Yoko. Yeah, I think it would be the venture builder, the Delta. I think that's South okay. African, right? I don't um, know. I've never heard of this. Uh, the, the Delta, I think, is like a really, really big one. I think, I think they're South African. Um, what else? I, I don't know. Like, I, Are you I, serious? I, like, I, I really, I really don't know. Oh, maybe, maybe the likes of like Take a Lot and uh, Superbalist, and yeah. um, no, those are people who've made it. But it, like, again, it feels like there's a big brand behind them, right? There's a big like, corporate that backs a, it. And like, yeah, it's yeah. like, you know, you have mommy and daddy just, you know, looking after you. It doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, hey, man, it's still hard. I still think, like, we have to have deep respect for anyone no, that's able to, like... 100%. Whether, you know, whatever support or whatever it is, like, there still is some talent, some level of, like, intuition that it takes to 
get anywhere close to success like in business right no 100 i think i think i think there's there's, there's definitely room for, for 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 things like that to happen it's just i don't like i personally don't care um like enough about the the people with mommy and daddy standing behind them okay right um <laughs> It's cool. I mean, I use I use take a lot. I use Superbalist. I use. I, I Do use, you have a choice? Because when it comes to like e-commerce giants in South Africa, it's not like there's a list. You know, it's take a lot and then the rest. Yeah, you you don't you don't really have much of a choice. But um, the the choice is: Do I order something from Take a Lot or do I drive to the shop? Yeah, but, that's the yeah. And in most cases, driving to the shop wins for me because I'm in, in I'm impatient, right? Mm. I want. Like, I want the thing now, right? Um, <laughs> uh, Do you think you'd jump on if they went, like, full Amazon, one-day delivery? 100%. 100%. Because <laughs> um, I, I do it all the all the time, right? I, I try mm. to pay for, like, the quickest delivery. Because most of the time when I jump on take a lot, and, like, my wife is the one who sees this happens. Like, she sees this look in my face. She's like, oh, he's about to buy it, right? <laughs> I just saw something I'm excited about, and I want it i want it now yeah and and some of those things i might use like the first two days and then not use again right <laughs> but but i'm excited and you know i i want i want to have it and yeah. having to wait a couple of days to get it kind of just kills that momentum for me yeah um there's a, there's, there's a few parts of like i think south africans lives where it's just like the technology is just not where it needs to be to be able to be um disproportionately better in offering you value than the traditional way of doing things so like like that take a lot example you go on there to see the price and see the features then you go to the store to try and actually yeah. buy it because you're just thinking okay five days seven days oh, i must wait and then i must be at home at a specific time to wait for this guy and i don't know you know there's too much like unpredictability in that experience to be able to offer disproportionate value yeah, yeah, the, the experience is, is like is, is terrible, right? So, my wife is 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 extremely obsessed with having a house unique, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to buy chairs recently that like only one place sells them in in the country, mm-hmm. right? Uh, naturally, you can find them on Take a Lot, but I mm-hmm. ordered from Take a Lot. They said like twenty one days or something like that to deliver, mm-hmm. and I was like, cool, I'll wait for it. And two days before uh, the chairs were supposed to be delivered, the order was cancelled what right um and i ended up calling the company uh somewhere like deep in joburg or scared of going there but like my wife wants those chairs so i have to get them right <laughs> and the guy said they do delivery but i'm like i don't trust your website my dude mm. right like i i don't know if i can pay that kind of money um to uh, get on like, your <laughs> to get this this chairs do, like, you, do you feel yourself be like judgmental about yes. you know people's products when they share a link for their business hey here's my website here's my store you just like wait all the what's time. happening here all the time other developers like judge me and shame me on twitter for saying this is ugly uh, <laughs> i don't want i don't want to use it right um, yeah the thing is that like i feel like if you don't care enough about how your website or your app looks um how can i trust that you care enough about protecting my my credit card information mm. uh, it, it just doesn't translate Right, um, and I end up having to drive to deep in Joburg and and pay for these things in cash and pick them up because like I really wanted them and 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 I think that's the choice between do you use like uh, you know take a lot or do you go to the shops, and I just I just don't know if we have 
any of like those kind of products um, existing in the country. There are a lot of people who want to succeed, mm. right? Like I'm looking at these few people and I'm like, if I had money, I'd invest in what you're doing. Um, mm. You know, you look at, uh, you know, there's a guy, Jose Jose, he's working on something called Round of Fire, uh, which is a children's... Uh, oh no, I know Round book, of right? Fire. It's, you know, like one of the best things that's happened in my life is is being part of the judges for MTN App of the Year oh, okay. Awards. Yeah. Because without that competition, I don't think I'd have as much view of the landscape as as most people do. Yeah. I think that there's just, you know, every now and then I realize just how much work is happening that people just don't see. Yeah. And it's mainly just because most of these people that are building really great products might not have the budgets to put a hundred thousand rand into a Twitter ad or yeah. a Facebook ad or Instagram ad. They mostly relying on like community and like grassroots. Uh, I get, check out this app. You saw it. Okay. Now share it with the people around you and try and spread it organically. And it's, it's difficult because the customers might not even be on Twitter. Exactly. Right. You look at uh, like, you know, round of fire, um, there's uh, Angula, uh, mm. You know, coming up now, there's uh, there's there's more wash. Mm. Um, there's uh, an app called Book Village. Mm. These are things that like are solving literacy problems in 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 South Africa. Well, that burying more wash, right? Mm. Um, I feel like we have an education crisis, so people are coming into that place and and kind of like solving for it. Mm. I want those people to win, right? Mm. Um, I wouldn't advise them to go and put like a hundred grand on a Twitter ad. Oh no, I wouldn't either. I don't think the people that they, they, they try and target are on Twitter. Besides that, I don't believe in Twitter as an acquisition channel. <laughs> in, 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 I don't think of Twitter as an acquisition channel. I think of Twitter as being a community platform, yeah. mostly um, for your customers to engage with your brand and for your brand to engage with your customers, but not necessarily from a sales perspective. I don't think people are on Twitter to buy products. They are there maybe to discover them um, in an organic way through the community that's built around them. Yeah. But I don't think of it as being like, I'm not on Twitter thinking, maybe I'll find something I want to buy. You're right. Uh, and you're not the first to say, a lot of people have said, you know, when you want to start selling, go to LinkedIn. And I don't know if that's the right platform as well. Uh, Look, I think you have a bigger chance or a better chance. But I just, I also just hate LinkedIn as a product. Yeah, me too. I find it disgusting. It's it's become this this weird thing. Uh, <laughs> like, don't don't get me started on LinkedIn. You go into a post and you go back and like the po what you're looking at is, is gone and and everyone's just telling stories of of how I went to an interview and the dog was the interviewer. It's just, it's a weird it's a weird it's place a, it's man. a weird place <laughs> right but like going back to like you judging people's products right yeah so when you see you know someone's website or whatever um what do you think are some of the hallmark you know it's it's obviously difficult to just you know yeah. blanket statement these things but what do you look for in an experience to say you know what i feel confident enough to use this product it, it depends on what the, uh, the product's offering, right? Mm. So if it's something that wants my credit card information, I need to have some sort of sense of safety and security, mm. right? Um, I need to get the sense that you care, right? Mm. Um, and that is like things being laid out well, like, you know, seeing that green, uh, you know, secure thing 
some information about how your product is secure and all of that. I just, I, I need to get a sense that you didn't just, you know, put this together over a weekend, right? Mm. If, if I'm putting like my credit card information in it. But not all products require you to do something like that. Mm. Um, like I said, I think uh, Mowash is one of my favorite products right now in, in, like in the country. And um, I message Ayanda uh, almost all the time. I'm like, when is the new app? Because there's a bug in your app, right? Mm. Um, it crashes when I do this. But that hasn't stopped me from using it. Mm. Because the value I derive from it is like beyond like what the app looks like. It's, I know that, okay, cool, I might need to kind of jump over a few hoops to avoid that little problem that they haven't solved yet. Mm. But once I've done that, um, at the time that I booked, I have people coming to my house, washing my car while I play FIFA or work or, mm. or, 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 or do anything else. And then like the car looks brand new afterwards. And like that value for me is like, I can overlook some things on the product. So it's, mm. it's, it's about the value that you're, you're, you're offering, right? Um, if, if, I, if I feel like the, 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 the value outweighs the risk, I'll probably like overlook some of the mistakes you might have made. Yeah. And when you, you know, I, I always think about this from also just entrepreneurs, you know, creators that might not be as technically, you know, adept, right? Like mm. you're not going as deep as, you know, coding the whole thing yourself. Yeah. I'm super excited about no code tools, right? And yeah. like, maybe we can have a conversation about that as just what is that space and what does it enable in terms of the future of building products and how entrepreneurs can leverage these things? Like a lot. Um, I'm also excited about the no-code space or low-code space. Right? Maybe just explain it as well. Um, cool. So, you know, in, in most cases, if, 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 if you want to build something, so let's say like uh, you want to build a to-do list, right? Um you you want to get a developer and they're going to you know take out the IDE blank page and start building this thing they'll ask you questions do you want an android app do you want um you know do you want an iOS app or or, or things like that then they they build they write almost like every every piece of code from the ground up they might leverage libraries and whatnot but it's highly technical right mm. and obviously it takes more time uh more room for mistakes and uh naturally more expensive, right? But then there's some tools that are low-code. What that means is that uh, there's some reusable modules that have been built, right? Um, so, you know, you want an ability to log in. Uh, someone has already built the entire login flow. I mean, you can use, like, the likes of Auth0 and, like, AWS Cognito, whatever. They've built in these predefined UIs, and you can just kind of plug it in. So that's a bit low-code. Um, there's some code there, but not as much as you would building something from the ground up. And then you have like no code platforms as well. Uh, you know, the likes of, of, of um, what do you call this? Um, Microsoft Power Apps, mm. right? Uh, you don't need to be a developer to, you know, to get started. It, like, uh, as long as you have the licenses and all of that, you can, like, can really like put something together because mm. if you, you realize, okay, cool, I have a spreadsheet, and maybe it's more low code than no code, but like I have a spreadsheet and I can attach it to this and I can whip up an, an, an app and it, it helps for little automations that people have, right? Mm. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunities there and I've seen a, a few companies in South Africa invest in low code and, and, and no code because it means that they can get to the product validation much faster than someone who 
wants to build something from the ground up, right? It's like the whole podcast example again, right? Mm. If, or, or maybe not not a podcast, let's say a website, right? If a, a, a code example of building a website is like, you know, creating an HTML page and starting with the tags and, you know, what, what um, the... Uh, search engine optimization, you need to think about what fields and everything, like defining from, from scratch, like literally like mm. building from scratch. But then you could use something like Squarespace, right? In that case, you don't care about uh, building from the ground up or, or what the technology is. You care about the content you want to place on the website. Mm. And and that's the difference between you know, uh, no code and, and code so, so do you think of something like a Shopify, like a WordPress as being no code as well? Uh, Shopify, yeah. I absolutely love Shop, uh, Shopify. No, I'm a, I'm a fan, man. Yeah. Like I think that the fact that you can build a online store, um, have all the checks and balances from payments to logistics to, you know, declarations, yeah. whatever it is, unless, so we've actually tried to do this, right? So me and my friends have a, like an e-commerce lab where we build stores for other people, but also yeah. just like are running multiple experiments um, doing sort of online um, online stores. And we did this, there was one store where you built like on the whole thing like three hours you didn't like everything from start to finish everything was in there and it was done and no one had to code shit <laughs> no no one had to deal with oh what html tag do i use here i know nothing right. about html <laughs> and, 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 and that's the great thing as well right because at, like at, most of the time when someone comes to you and they want an e-commerce store they want to sell the product mm. they don't they don't care about uh, whether this thing's written in HTML and Python, and they, they don't care. Mm. And and developers will be, you know, like out there debating Yarn is better than uh, NPM. No one cares, right? People just want to sell the product. Mm. And I've, I have a friend who did that recently, right? Um, you know, he's got a comic, and he's got merch for it, and he didn't even ask me for help, right? He doesn't code. Like, I just saw that he's got, like, a Shopify store set up. He didn't, he didn't care. Like, he went on YouTube how to create a Shopify store mm. and, and, and get started. And I think I think that's what a lot of South Africans are, 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 are missing. I think the, the the people in the in the tech space in South Africa, uh, I don't know, maybe it's the pride of I built it. Mm. Um, but I, I think there's a lot of uh, opportunity in... And, and developers helping people configure as opposed to build. Mm, that's true. But don't you think that, like, very much like um, how brokers and economists like to use jargon and try and confuse the person that's on the other end receiving the information, um, developers might feel that they need to create this opaqueness about the complexity of building products so that they are not eventually replaced by no code and i don't think that's ever going to happen because i don't think code no code tools will be able to ever get to the core of like solving problems where you need human beings yeah. and their intuition their insight and their intelligence to be able to guide and like create and customize and like really ideate at a deeper level i i don't think there's malice um, I, I don't think people are doing this on purpose. I, I just think uh, our education has been wrong. Mm -hmm. um, I think 
I think we've been we've been taught to be obsessed with um, building from the ground up, and I mean that's that's the approach that universities take um, when teaching you to code. They want to teach you from the ground up, and people are debating about theory versus practical and all of that. I I, I think I think this thing is a process, right? Um, you might start off with Shopify. And then become big, and Shopify becomes way too sluggy. And oh no, and, Kylie Cosmetics, right? billion rand, billion dollar business that runs on Shopify. So that's not possible. <laughs> look, look, look. Um, or maybe uh, like it, it gets technical when you start building like a a superbulous or a take a lot. Ma- then it gets maybe it's a bad example, but mm. maybe you you might want to start doing some things, and and the, and the platform you're using becomes very limited, mm. right? Because the thing is that. Uh, the, the idea with frameworks or, or or pre-built tools is that they cover for maybe eighty percent of the use case, and maybe you care about the the you know the twenty percent, right? And the, and when you've got that kind of scale, then there's some sort of justification to build something um, like yourself. But in, in in South Africa, I think a lot of the problems that we have uh, can and should be solved by uh, low or no code tools. Yeah. What do you think we could do more to show people that they can also participate in this maker economy or like this maker movement to try and build products? Um, you know, you know, you're speaking about no code mm-hmm. and low code tools and like that could be a really great entry point for someone to go, oh, wait, I really want to build something, but I don't have the technical expertise. Can I try and do it through these, you know, new tools? Yeah. Um, what more could we be doing to try and encourage more people to, you know, take a shot, like try and like build an app or build a platform or whatever it is. I I think we should, uh, I think we should educate people, uh, humanize technology. And and that's not what's happening right now. What's happening is that a lot of gatekeeping is happening. Mm. Um, People are saying, oh, if you're not like this or you're not made like this, you're not, you're not good enough to be a programmer. If you're not made like this or if you don't do this over the weekends, then you're not good enough to be a programmer. So there's a lot of gatekeeping happening right now. But if you ask the people in my life, I try to make everyone into a programmer, right? Mm. My wife did analytical chemistry. Uh, She's a programmer now. Um, (laughs) Her sister wanted to be a pilot. She's a programmer now. Uh, (laughs) Like almost, almost every single person in my life, I try to push to some degree of, 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 of technology. And, that's that's what I've been trying to do um, on Twitter in 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 2021. You know, pre 2021, I wasn't very active on Twitter, right? Mm. Then Twitter Spaces came, and I was like, I think I need to counter the negativity that exists within the space where people feel excluded. I mean, I've seen you join some of our spaces and leave, and it's because like people that are talking about something that feels like okay, this is not. This is not in like in my in my playground. I'm I'm not the right person to understand this, and that's because there's no diversity of conversation. Mm. Um, there's no like delving into like the different aspects of technology and the different entry points as well, right? Um, because there, there's some great people working in, for example, like user experience, mm. right? Um, I've listened to some people talk about how uh, the lack of focus on cash in South Africa and in the African continent is a big mistake. Everyone wants to like uh, digitize, but in different ways. Like, like the, the likes of Mpesa uh, succeeded in Kenya because like cash is king, 
mm. right? And then in South Africa, maybe it was applied inappropriately. But oh no, there's a very clear yeah. reason why that like um, didn't work. Yeah, South Africa actually has one of the best banking systems in the world, and because of that, about I forgot what the accurate stat is, but ninety eight percent maybe 85 percent of south africans have a, a bank card a bank card which is not a reality across the continent yeah there's no one that has the statistic across the continent other than us see and i think that's the problem we, we're retrofitting other people's solution um yeah into like a place where there is no there, there's no problem where what we should be doing is uh amplifying uh the you know the different um entry points into tech in south africa Right, mm. and whether that's on, uh, you know, done on 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 YouTube or on Twitter or on Facebook or in person, like you know, people should be talking in high schools. When when I was in high school, I had no idea, um, what happened in tech. I didn't even want to be a developer. Mm. I was top student in IT grade ten, eleven, and twelve, and I still didn't want to be a developer. Mm. Right, I wanted to be an architect because I didn't understand um, what was there for me in like in in tech, and I had to find out through other people when you know when I came to Gauteng. Um mm. and I, I think I think we really just need to lay bare the options that exist. Uh mm. you know, so if 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 we talk of no code, like put put an example, right? Um WordPress. Like, like that's a more yeah. simple example, I feel no, like. But but even WordPress is is a, is a bit more advanced than No ways. Than, 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 <laughs> I'm, 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 seri- I'm serious because the thing is that like when we when we think of code, right, mm. um, we think of building like a product, um, and which is not always accurate. Mm. We should think about it as building automations, right? It's like mm. telling a computer to do something. So you don't have to start at like building a WordPress type of thing. It could be you wanna, I don't know, you want you, like you want you want some information inserted in a Google Sheet or or, or some online. Uh, spreadsheet once like money goes into your account or something like that mm. right and if you look at what um the likes of investec and offers and are doing with the programmable banking like it starts to allow you to do things like that where you know with very little code you could and you could find a snippet online you could say okay cool every time i buy like um from a fast food restaurant like put this thing in a, in a spreadsheet and whatnot and i think those are the examples that we should be putting out there for people to understand. Like, take actual problems. Like, talk to talk to business people and like, what's your biggest bottleneck? Mm. Like, what's your biggest pain point? And how can we automate that? Right? And and find out like, what's the least painful, least expensive way of automating this little problem that could you know provide a lot of value for you, and then scale that. Mm. But it, it is like a hard thing, though. I think. No, it's hard. I really hope that people start to think about these things more consciously and like try and like push themselves into the space of trying to build stuff because I think the world will be better for it, right? Um, 100%. There was something I wanted. To, we we diverted from something. <laughs> I remember it. Oh, man. I think I... Ah, oh, what was it? Well, yes. The the question on... You know, you, you pointed out your quest being something that you really admire and like you thought it was super cool and you didn't put that many people in that bracket. But... How do we get to a point where we have 5, 10, 20, um, 500 Yokos? Um, and we're not just talking about companies that do card machines, but like companies that are solving really meaningful problems that are scaling really significantly and like have a big impact on society. We collaborate more. Mm. 
uh, we collaborate more in 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 the country and in the continent. Um, what, what's happening is that a lot of us are building in silos, right? Um, so you know, someone is building a language platform in South Africa um, for you know African languages. Someone else is doing the same thing in Uganda, and you find that if those two people could come together, right, like it, they could create something very meaningful. So I think, I think we need to be open to collaboration, um, meaningful networking, and just idea sharing. Um, I think I think that's how we do it. R- right now, you know, you might find that uh, I'm good at writing code and I'm a good developer and I can I can solve a problem, but I don't know how to sell. And someone else on Twitter or Facebook at the coffee shop, at the bookshop could have that. Mm. And the more open we are and intentional we are about collaborating, you know, the more chances we'll have of, you know, creating like a yoko. Mm. That's true. It's such a simple solution, but like it seems more complicated than it should be. Look, I think it goes back to, uh, first of all, us thinking that we, 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 we're better than other people. <laughs> mm. Um, and uh, and just not having enough information and knowledge about what's happening around around us, right? Um, like you've you've seen my you know the the Twitter Spaces I host with Sile, mm. and the re- that that came out of like a very simple thing. So you know we work together, so we have something called a biweekly one on one. At the time, it was a weekly, right? We're fifteen minutes. It's a private conversation. Talk about whatever you want. Right, and he could say, "This is what's frustrating me right now at work," and I'd say, "Oh, I've seen that. Like I've experienced that. Try this," and then in two weeks' time, he reports and oh, I tried that; it worked. Right, and it's like we should scale that. Right, we should scale that. Where uh, let's let's humanize, uh, you know, technology. Let's let's humanize experiences. I mean, people like could could see you on the timeline, mesh, and and think like. I have a question for Mesh about podcasting, but I'm scared, right? Mm. Because he's made it and he's like he's up there, and I he's not accessible, right? But you've made yourself accessible because of the way you engage with people, right? You've humanized your experiences, and mm. I think we need to do more of that. And that's what I've been I've been trying to do. And I'm like, I'm 29 years old. Uh, by luck. I found myself being a CTO. You look so old on uh, the Twitter photo, bro. <laughs> yeah. You need to change your profile. <laughs> well, you need to. <laughs> look, I'll, 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 I'll change it. I was like, look at this older man. <laughs> and then you walked in here with a fade and I was like, yo, <laughs> this can't be the same guy. <laughs> yeah, and it's, look, for me, it's, it's, it's that, right? It's like sharing, sharing my mistakes, mm. sharing my frustrations, my, my experiences that like, you know, being being CTO or being a lead developer or being, you know, this figure that other people look at and like admire is not it's not like some magical thing. It's like I'm I'm the same person who looks like you and I'm here uh, as a result of the support that I've you know I've received from uh, my parents, my, my my peers, and like people I've met along the way. And unfortunately, when we started, there were not a lot of people that looked like me and you, mm. right? And the more we bring that to the forefront and we we encourage that collaboration, like you know, the, the better chances we have of, of succeeding. Yeah, when you you speak about people that look like me and you and being like involved in you know startups and like technology and all of that, it's not very common. 
unfortunately. Yeah, and it's not. I do think that South Africa is headed in a very dangerous path when it comes to diversity in startups. And one day we'll have the conversation. Yeah. And it's not going to be a nice one because when you look at the, you know, very high-flying startups that, you know, currently exist, most of the founding team is usually, you know, yeah. a certain race and then um, also a certain sex as well. Yeah. And this is sort of, it, 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 it sort of, manifests itself throughout the entire team sometimes. Yeah. And then it goes throughout the entire ecosystem. Um, what do you think of as being the landscape right now for developers and like people that are working in tech in that specific way? And what do you think could happen or we could do to try and start to change the dial on this? Because I do think that right now we might not be having the conversation and it might be happen happening in very small pockets that, hey, Maybe tech startups in Cape Town do have a diversity problem. Like, are we? Why are we not having this conversation more broadly? Anyways, no, yeah, I don't yeah. want you to answer that yeah, question. Yeah, no. Because I think one day we we <laughs> will day. all have to answer that question. Yeah. But today's question is like, what can we do to start changing the dial? Because I do think that this is going to be a problem in the next five to ten years, and we're going to start like having the conversation in a much broader sense. Like, hey. This is a problem. And I want to talk about it now because I want someone in five years to go back to this podcast and say, hey, Mash said that this yeah. was a problem, but like, you know, so how do we turn the dial? Because someone like you is a is a unicorn in this in this situation. It shouldn't be. Un but un unfortunately, and, and it sucks, right? Um, I think I think number one is that for, for the unicorns not to dwell on being unicorns in the space. Right, because what's, what's happened a lot is that you know when someone is the first something to do something, they want to keep it that way because then it's a it's a sense of pride and and fame and all of that. I think it's it's going back to like humanizing our experiences because the it, it's a system that reinforces itself because the people on the outside think there's no way in, right? It's not possible for me, and if VT managed to get there, it's because of something that happened that that doesn't exist for like like for me right um i'm the i'm the i'm the person that i allow uh you know people to know me as on the internet right it's a persona mm. uh you, you don't you don't see the you know the, the pain behind the eyes and the and the experiences and the and the tears and and and, and all of those things that like you know like came like before the success, if you can mm -hmm. call it that, right? Um, you know, when when I tell people that back in, you know, early early primary school, I was, you know, walking to school, crossing a river, carrying my books in a plastic bag, they won't believe that, right? Yeah. When I tell people that I was heading cattle, like uh, in my in my younger days, and had no like ambitions of of ever being like in Gauteng or anything like that, because. Um, my uncles and my granddad were like builders where, you know, in the village that I was born in and, and, and raised from, like they, they weren't likely to believe that. But it's important for us to, to share the journey, uh, mm. to share the experiences. So other people who are going through the same thing can start to believe that it can happen for them as well. But not in the re unrealistic, everyone can be a billionaire kind of sense, but in the real sense of, first of all, you won't be able to replicate what other people have done, but that shouldn't discourage you for, from from trying. I think that's a, the, the the first thing to change the mindset of the people looking in, um, trying to get into to to know that it's possible and to know 
how other people have have have, have done it. And number two is just to be to be kind, man. Um, you know, people need to be kind to themselves. They need to be kind to uh, to others. When when other people get into the space, like let them let let them know it's okay. You know, uh, it, it, like it, it's okay. We'll, we'll welcome you and let let people be uh, free enough to tell you when you are blocking them, right? Mm. That. Uh, VT, on this day you said this, it made me feel this way and made me feel like I'm not good enough for, for the spaces that you're in. And if if, if that was my, not my intention, I can say, I'm, I'm sorry, that, that's not what I meant. This is what I meant. And I think it's that collaboration, the communication that needs to happen. Um, we need to talk, man. We need to... We need to be true, uh, and 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 that's not what I see on on Twitter. And that you know goes back to the tweet that got me here is like the frustration of I'm sharing my opinions and my experiences, not as fact, mm. but as an opinion. And then a, a, a person is like contrarian for the sake of it, <laughs> and then you just kind of like, ah, oh, man, like, and then you start going down this rabbit hole. And of, I think that's where people start to go. Okay, maybe I shouldn't be in this space. Yeah. You know, like maybe I don't belong when people are being contrarian yeah. for the sake of it. And it's not because they genuinely have like a view that can empower the other person. Yeah. It's mainly just because, hey, why not? I, I can just throw this in and disturb you yeah. from the thing that you're trying to do. And I think like it's important to say that the spaces you guys are hosting right, are super important. Not just like for people who already work in startups that can learn from what's happening across the ecosystem, but because... I've never seen that many black developers in one space. Me neither. <laughs> Me neither. I've just never seen that. And it's it's such a scary thing for me. And maybe there are, you know, communities that develop in these. I know you guys use Slack and like Discord and this and that. And like you guys create these micro communities. I'm but not, I've I'm, never seen that before. I'm not, I'm not part of any of that. And that's scary for me, Mesh, because like I'm at the forefront of, of this community. And I'm like, what if I mess this up? Right, mm. like, what if I do more damage than good in in trying to let people in? Because the the same things that you're talking about reinforce themselves, mm. right? Because um, even though now, like, it's a it's it's like this black space and uh, people are connecting, and we've we've spoken to people from Twitter um, in our spaces, developers like telling us about what it looks like to work from Twitter. Like, mm. people's personal heroes have joined um, our spaces. Like, people who you're on, like plural side watching the tutorial like have joined mm. our spaces and, and interacted with us but then certain things still reinforce themselves there's still not enough women talking in our spaces that's true right and the thing is that you can't i can't pull people and force them to talk mm. right uh what i go back to the drawing board and do is like maybe there's something that i'm doing that is not creating the platform for where people feel free enough to come and talk. I do think like as long as you're creating an environment where everyone feels welcome, yeah. understands that there are no experts and there's no ego. I think the biggest problem um, in many spaces in South Africa is ego. Yeah, I think, you know, this culture of I get into the space and I don't think it's my responsibility to open it up for others. Yeah. That is something that's very common, whether it's in the creative field in you know finance in you know product whatever it is we seem to have a culture that doesn't focus itself on enabling others yeah so your role when you go into a space is not to say okay i am in i'm going to protect my place it's to go okay how do we open the space even more for others how do we make it safe 
Exactly. Like, and like, do you think this conversation is happening with your peers in this, you know, in, in this realm of like developers, developer communities, product builders, um, to say that, hey, we all look the same. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe you are like the odd one out in that situation. But like, hey, guys, how do we change this? Because it's not okay. How do we? Because I look at it and I go, this is going to be a problem in five to ten years. Yeah, It's probably a problem now, but no one wants to talk about it. But are there conversations happening inside the space to go, hey, guys, how do we open the space up to so many more young kids who are herding cattle <laughs> crossing a river? And technology could be the thing that really enables them to find the thing they care about. It could be part of their purpose. It could help them build something that could like really impact other people's lives. It's happening. I think. I think it's definitely happening. Uh, as you as you've said, there might be other you know Slack communities, Discord communities, and whatnot. Uh, what we're seeing happening on Twitter now with developers and uh, you know like other people in tech, UX, um, you know PMs, and all of that coming into a space and like just talking, people talking about salaries and how uh, disproportionate it can be. Uh, people talking about not feeling safe in those spaces. It's definitely, definitely happening. And there are a lot of people who are doing good work in that space. I mean, you look at Misho and with Geek Culture and Diani, mm. they're doing an amazing, Insane. amazing work there. Uh, you look at um, uh, Zandi from, from Girl Code. Yes. She's doing amazing, um, amazing work yes. there. And I think what we need to do is to like plug into that, right? So in, instead of trying to be a geek culture, in, in, instead of, of trying to be a girl code, like complement those initiatives, right? Mm. And 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 say, hey, Misho, hey, Zandi, here we are. We, 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 we're happy to help, right? And collaborate. Yeah, we're mm. happy to help. Like how can we, how can we help? Um, a few of us, again, same problem that we're not any women. In the TED hack that happened uh, earlier this year, we were invited to come in and, 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 and speak and for me that was meaningful because I feel like I'm I'm sharing myself and uh, and humanizing uh, my journey right mm. so other people can look at me and say oh yeah I can do that too like mm. uh, you know I've, I've, I've been there as well and and it's, it's unfortunate because like you know I've taken decision to close my DMs uh, mm. because I I was getting I was getting super negative on Twitter I was being drawn into all of that and I started feeling like maybe it's not the platform that I want to share on but I want people to have access to me right uh, but in a controlled manner where I can help or redirect them to other people who can help mm. right and that's that's the only thing we can do to and it, it starts with it starts with honesty it starts with with, with accepting that there's how we think the world should work versus how the world actually works mm. and uh, we we can't suddenly change how the world works. We need to somehow plug into it first. And the change will come with, with us participating. You can't change it from just looking at it from the outside, right? Mm. And, and, and for us, it's collaboration. That's how everyone else, everywhere else does it. They collaborate. They work together. Um, they, they create a community and, and have money circulate in that community, have opportunities circulating in that, in that opportunity. So... Um, I'm a firm believer that no one owes you your dream, right? I, I wanted to be an architect. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a developer mm. and, and I embrace it and, and I try to be great at it because that's the opportunity that I have. 
And a lot of people ha- are the reason why I'm still employed. A lot of reasons, uh, a lot of people are the reason why um, I'm quote unquote successful, right? So we need to, first of all, like just accept that no one's going to hand anything to us, mm. but people, at least some people are open to collaborating and sharing. Yeah. And it, it sort of speaks to like the power and value of networks. I don't know how much time you have. No, I, no, no, I have time. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, it sort of goes into like the power of networks. I think that startups are mainly just a, a cluster of networks um, of people coming together to go, hey, I have this value to offer. You have this value to offer. We can come together and try and like go towards a certain result. Or, you know, you posting on like a Twitter platform and saying, oh, wait, I have very little opportunities right now. Mm-hmm. And someone reaching out and saying, hey, don't worry about that. Like, take that down. Let's talk about like yeah. your opportunities. And I think it's so important that people understand how important that is. The rooms that you're in, the people that are fighting for you in rooms that you don't yeah. even know about. Um, how do you think about building networks and communities from that perspective? Because the community you guys are trying to build now is one that's establishing itself. Yeah. But then, you know, you're speaking about people that helped you um, not fail or people that helped give you opportunities or people that put you in the right places, right? How do you think about building networks from that perspective? And how do you cultivate and protect that in order to keep it thriving um, in the future? I think I think mentorship has to be organic and authentic, mm. right? Um, it might be that I meet you, Mesh, and I, I would like you to be my mentor, um, but then it just doesn't work. And it's not because there's something wrong with you or something wrong with me. It's just like not a right fit, right? Mm. Uh, square peg in a round hole type of situation. I, I, th- I think people... People need to stop expecting uh, certain things from the world and, and, and like people and just go with what comes naturally, right? Um, let things happen organically, right? Share your journey. Someone cares. Um, I've had like, you know, people, there's a, there's a guy in, from my old company and his name is Tabang Lidwaba, mm-hmm. right? I was a mess, uh, <laughs> like no, when when I, when I was starting out, I was like an an angry village boy who just you know was like just angry at the world and and would like snap in a second. And this guy fought for me. I didn't know. Like he was in boardrooms fighting for me and uh, saying he's young, give him a chance and 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 all of this. And he'd you know pull me aside, have a beer, and, and talk to me because he cared. Right. That's something that happened organically. Mm. Right. Like it it happened naturally. Uh, he looked at me and like I, I guess he, you know, he saw someone he cared about. Um, you know, in, in in my company now, Sikhe, uh, who I host the the space with, was my first hire. I'd never met him before, right? I saw him do stuff on Twitter, and I'm like, uh, this kid is talented, right? I connected with him, hired him on the spot, and I started to care about him, um, because I started to see. Like, I mean, he's not that much younger than me. He's like three years younger than me. But I started to see a lot of myself in him, right? And that's a dangerous uh, place as well because it's like now you don't want to enforce your own beliefs and your own ideals on this person, but you want to share organically um, with them what you know in the hopes that it helps them and unblock them where where, where you can, right? Mm. Um, and I've hired people off of Twitter, Right, like you know, to come in, some of our best developers in the in, in in the company, just because they shared what they were doing, 
Yeah. And I cared about what they were doing and I connected with them. And I think I think people just need to share what they're doing um and 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 like look for authentic connections and there lies uh, some of the opportunities for for mentorship and collaboration and growth. Yeah. But I feel like there's also that other side of where people are feeling like if I share what I'm building or creating, um I'm scared that someone's going to take it. And I don't have this problem because I genuinely think that um, the way I think about um, genius or creativity or intelligence or all those sort of things is very much like influenced by Elizabeth Gilbert, you know, the lady that wrote "You Pray Love." Yeah, she did this TED talk talking about just how um, you know there was a time in the world where people thought that people that were more you know, uh, talented and whether creating art or whatever it was, they had this sort of like a genius sort of gnome mm. that walked into the room. And when they were creating the stuff they were creating, that per that thing was there to help them guide, like really be able to, mm. to do that thing. Right. So you never thought that the creativity or the, you know, the talent actually came from you, yeah. but it came from this thing that came and visited when you were doing the work. Yeah. And you knew that if you couldn't do the work, the genius was not there. Whereas now we think that, you know, genius comes from us and we are the vessel. There is nothing else that is actually influencing where the talent comes from. I think there's a fear, in, especially now, where people think that, you know, I only have this much and I have to protect it as much as possible. Whereas developers, I think, have the more open perspective where it's like, no you can create things in public and like, even if people take them, they'll be able to improve on them in some way. Like you don't want to protect your ideas so much that you kill them. How do you think about those things? Ideas are cheap. Very. Yes. <laughs> it's execution though. <laughs> yes. I, ideas are cheap, Mesh. Ideas. Uh, like I've come up with a lot of ideas in, in, in my lifetime. And a lot of people have done it as well. So you, you know that a, a big part of my job is building, uh, running and maintaining teams, right? Mm. And what I've grown to see is that uh, something people can't recreate is the the pulse of a team, right? Um, you know, when two people come together to work on something, there's a pulse that's created. And n no matter how much you try, you can't recreate it. And I think people need to realize that, uh, you know, companies, people invest in people and not in products. And that like, yeah, don't overshare, right? <laughs> don't, overshare, don't, don't, don't share the one thing that, um, you know, makes your product unique or whatever. Like, that's just stupid. There's a, there's a guy who, who shared about like how he blew uh, a deal with Yahoo um, mm. because of oversharing, right? So like, uh, maybe surround yourself with the right people to say, okay, maybe you might be oversharing here. Um, but just talking about what you're building from a high level, there's nothing wrong with that. It might mm -hmm. it might create an opportunity for you to connect with other people who are doing the same thing. So I think it's striking a balance of um, what is oversharing and what is the right amount of sharing. And it doesn't have to be developers. I mean, you share about what you do in the in the podcast, uh, podcast space and your thoughts around that. And... Um, you know, people like me have drawn inspiration from that. I'm like, I'm scared of ever trying a podcast because I don't know if I can sustain something like There's that. There's not enough um, tech podcasts. I want you. I want you to know that, especially focusing on Africa. 
So, look. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. 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 Look. I've, I've, never, I've never thought of myself as a, as, as, as a creator, um, but I think curating the, the ZA Tech radio space has mm. uh, changed a lot of that because it's, it's something I really, really care about. I, I never imagined that you could create a space on Twitter and like 90 people tune in and they just want to hear what other people it's have so to say. crazy. I think that um, <laughs> the, the shift to remote and lockdown and all of that really changed one thing that makes, like, it makes no sense why we were doing it the other way before. Yeah, it right? Like, how can you get 100, 500, 1,000 <laughs> people all from their own homes gathering in one place? I think engaged. that the idea that, yo, engaged, engaged, listening in, commenting, chiming in, wanting to contribute. And we needed halls to do this before. Yeah. No. <laughs> and you had to pay a lot of money for those halls. And now yo, you're doing it for free. Like, completely free. You, you talk to people, like, I'm doing this on Twitter. It's running off my phone. They're like, what? <laughs> I don't need I don't need ex, ex, expensive equipment to do this. Like it's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, and I think it's a it, we shouldn't like we shouldn't let it go. Look, I'm 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 interested in I'm interested in giving back, mm. right? I feel like I've been lucky, right? Like I've been I've been so so fortunate to have not just one person but multiple people fight for me at the bottom level, right? And I'm a hard worker, but I believe that it's more important to have someone fighting for you than it is to be a hard worker. It's that power of networks, yes. Man. Like I honestly, I think that, especially in the hardest of times, that's when you really realize whether or not you have a good network or not, right? Yeah. Like, just every now and then, just test your network. Just to just go on Twitter and go, oh man, actually I'm hungry today, but bank account is looking light. Just see if your network is like, you know, are you guys active? Are you hearing me? I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm sending the Uber Eats. You know, like, I know that's a silly example. It's a very, like, surface level. But I think it's important that people understand the power of having people that back you. Yes. And those people being in situations where they have the resources to do so. Yeah. Because most people... Unfortunately, you don't have a network. So as soon as you say you lost your job, it's, I'm sorry. It's not, and, and that's it. hey, this is what we can do. And I think that's where things like get really, really complicated. It gets messy. Like, it gets so interesting. I, I think our view or our relationship with money as well, like is a, is a huge contributor to that. Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, I, I've thought about it a lot. There's a, there's a certain purity that comes with wanting to give back, right? Um, so, you know, you look at, uh, the, the spaces that we host, you know, we do it for free. We don't, you know, no one is sponsoring us. We have no, we have no dreams of, of, of it ever becoming that. Right. Um, and with you, you end up at a point where you feel like if someone, if, if someone else is going to like contribute financially to this thing, then it makes it dirty because, uh, our relationship with money is that if you want money out of a community or if you want a lot of money out of something, then you're greedy. Mm -hmm. And that's a very, very uh, unfortunate thing to happen because it's very difficult or near impossible to have a real impact without money, mm -hmm. right? And, and, and I, I guess that's what you're talking about in terms of, in, in terms of networks. I think at, at a point, what you do um, or what you contribute back to your community sometimes needs to be tested 
uh, you know, to see if, uh, you know, people will be willing to, to buy your mic because your mic broke and you create content that they care about, right? Mm. And if, if I really care about the content that you're putting out and, and I care, by the way, I listen to a whole lot of your, your, you know, your, your, your podcasts, then I should be able to say, you know what, if it's going to help you go back to creating that thing that I care about, here's 500 bucks. It's all I can do. I know it can't buy the mic, but I hope it helps. Mm. And if you have people like that, then it makes that contribution back easier, easier and it, it enables you to have reach and impact. Mm. And if without having, you know, um, actually, let me change my thought. That's the ultimate form of validation for anything that you're doing, right? Like yeah. if someone else is willing to part with whatever value they have to make sure that you can still create the value that you need to create because it matters to them. Yeah. I feel like you we don't get enough of those feed, feedback loops where you can tell that, you know, someone really cares about something and you making it really matters to them. Yeah. Um, I want to go back to something you said about building teams because I do think that there's not enough spoken about this part of entrepreneurship or anyone's journey in any way. I think um, if you can't build a team, you're fucked as an entrepreneur. There's literally 100%. no other. There's, there's. You can't win. If you can't do that, you are like, I think other things you can finesse, right? Yeah. Like there's other things where you can sort of balance and find ways to navigate. This is one thing I think that if you can't do, like you are you're screwed from day one. What are the, some of the things you've learned about building teams over the years that you've done it? And like, um, what has, you know, really kept you going in those, those tough periods where it is hard to manage teams and stuff like that? I think, I think the a team pulse, as I said, is a, is a very important thing. Um, it's important to have the right people in the same team, on the right team, right? Um, sometimes uh, introducing a different person or personality into a team um, Pause, yes. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> oh, please just hand me the keyboard there. Don't worry. I try to edit these as much as possible. I'm not a fan of editing, though. I know. I like, um, <laughs> I like the podcast to sound like... Um, like an organic thing. Well, it is. That's the thing, right? Like yeah. organic conversations, the the computer shuts off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good. So, yeah, let's go. To, let's get into it. Building teams. It's the having a right uh, team pulse is important, right? What, um, what's a team pulse? So, like the like the way people relate to each other in a team, right? And how they complement um, each other's skills and uh, like personalities in, in 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 general, right? So you might have someone who's a brilliant developer, but they're disruptive in a team, right? Mm. And uh, maybe someone else less talented, but a better fit for the team creates more value um, in your team. So it, it's important to be intentional about how you build and how you grow your teams, right? The, the kind of personalities that you want. I think there's a, there's a saying that as an entrepreneur, in the initial stages of, of your business, you hire um, for your weaknesses, and then later on, you you're higher for your strength, so you know to cover to cover yourselves. And I think the same rule goes for like a team, right? If you're starting to build a team, it's important to figure out what are the weaknesses um, that exist within that team, and how do you find the right person for 
uh, you know, like to contribute and, and, and move that team forward. And then obviously you reach a point where you kind of covered all the weaknesses and now it's about scaling, right? It's about finding people with the same skill set uh, so that they can do more. Um, and it, it's important still to not be desperate, and it, it's it's hard, right? Like I, I think I posted a thread the other day about don't make decisions out of desperation. And my wife said to me that people will, will say you're speaking from a point of privilege, mm. right? And I said like, it's it's a rule I've had in my entire life, right? Don't be desperate, yeah. like don't don't be desperate because the thing is, uh, like a, a a momentary lapse in in judgment in building your team can destroy your team and your business. Yeah, right. You know. Uh, when you're speaking about just making dis- decisions on on desperation, I always think that the worst decisions happen um, the lower on your body that decision is made. Yes. Right? So when you're using your head, mostly it's insight and information and like really good data. When it's your heart, it's emotion, it's passion, it's purpose. When it's your stomach, it's desperation. And then you go lower, you know, it's getting bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like it's crazy because I used to think. I used to think that the the head office was here, mm. uh, like on the head, but it turns out it's not actually. It's 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 more uh, from like your core to to, to your head, right? Mm. Um, when you are composed, when you create spaciousness, you're in a better place to uh, to create value and to to make better decisions, right? Mm. And I think it's it's important for people to create spaciousness in their lives, right? Uh, for me. I'm most spacious when I go for a walk, right? Mm. Um, so I'd go for a walk with my wife in the evening and we just walk around the complex and we just talk and catch up, right? Mm. And I feel most spacious because it's, you know, you've got, you've got the air and, you know, like the movement, you know, movement and there's just like flowing conversations as mm. opposed to when I'm sitting on the couch and just watching watching Netflix, right? Mm. So I think it's important to practice uh, spaciousness and to, to be centered, right? Uh, in order to kind of like enforce this habit of, of making, making good decisions. And when you realize that you have to disrupt yourself uh, because you can, you, can, you can feel your emotions taking over and then you learn to realize that, that feeling coming over and then grabbing it and letting it go, then you you start to know when you're making a decision out of desperation, mm. right? And I think that's a big part of doing a lot of things in your life, including building teams, right? Um, some of the best businesses in the world, they know when they hire what kind of person they're looking for. And they're not going to hire the wrong person, regardless of how pressing that position is. They need to find the right person because the wrong person can be disruptive. And the same thing happens with, um, you know, like just starting up, even if it's just you and and one other person. I mean, people might reach out to you on Twitter and say, "We wanna collaborate," but they don't know you. You don't know them, uh, and maybe you grab a coffee and and find out if there's synergy there. And sometimes it's just it's not personal. It's just you you're just not the right person for you know for me to do yeah. this. And it's more important for me to find the right person than it is to find a person. What do you look for in a good in, in a good person to work with? And I'm I'm talking across the board, right? Whether it's a partner, um, maybe, you know, one day investing in startups, um, or, you know, just like people that you want to collaborate with. Like what are those things that you you feel like are your non negotiables? So there's actually one thing. Um that I've 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 so I'm I, I'm I'm someone who reflects a lot, mm. right? 
um, about everything, right? Whether something was good or bad, I, I, I sit back and I take stock and how could I have acted? Uh, could there have been a different outcome? And for me, the most important thing is for people to be reflective, mm. right? For people to to be able to go back and look at the situation uh, from the outside and find out if they can be better or if they were better. Um, because when those people fail, right, uh, they're not going to hide it from you, mm. right? They're going to come back and say, you know what, I made a mistake here. Um, I could have acted better. I could have done this and I didn't do it. Those people are likely to succeed because when you work with them, there's a sense of psychological safety, right? Mm. Um, you know, it, there's nothing worse than someone hiding a problem from you because they feel like you'll be you'll be pissed off when you find out that they didn't do things the way they were supposed to or they didn't do the right thing. But self-reflective people are the ones who can come back and say, look, I made a mistake. Uh, this is how that mistake happened and this is how we can prevent it happening in the future. So reflection. Mm. And how does someone really cultivate that and have that become something that is a core part of who they are? Because I do think that you know, the pace of life right now doesn't allow for people to just slow down, like take the time to just go, wait, what's happened? You know, what have I done? What's, what's going on? Um, be present in the moment to go, okay. You know, before someone can even be reflective, they need to be able to stop. Yeah. And now the life we live is go, 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 fast, fast, fast. Don't stop, don't <laughs> stop, don't stop. Hustle, hustle, hustle. So... How do you even take the time first to slow down, be present in the moment where you really, really need to be, and then be able to start to look back and in non in a non judgmental way? Because you you're not speaking the way you're speaking about it now. It doesn't feel like someone needs to look back and judge themselves, no, no, hurt no. themselves, persecute themselves. No, that's but not, genuinely like appreciate the journey in some ways. It's not about being harsh with yourself or, or anything like that. It's just about being true with yourself mm. and. Uh, you know, like true doesn't mean harsh or true doesn't mean uh, hurtful, right? It's, it's about creating a spaciousness. It's about like, finding moments where you disconnect, man. Um, for me, uh, I, 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 I really find a lot of pleasure in, in just like disconnecting from everything and playing FIFA. But that's not the moment of spaciousness, right? The moments when I'm most spacious is uh, when I have the morning coffee with my wife, right? Mm. Um, we sit outside, there's no, no, we're not on the phones, we're not on Twitter or anything like that. We're just having coffee and having conversation. It's those walks in the evening, mm. um, where we just like walk and maybe, you know, have some water and, and I can say, you know what, uh, happened today? I received an email and I responded to it this way. Do you think I was harsh? Right. Mm. Cause I can confide in my wife and I know she's going to tell me the truth. Right. Mm. And it's not just her. It's, it's, it's friends as well. It's, it's, it's family. It's, it's, it's calling my dad and saying, listen, man, I, I think, I think buying the house was a mistake. Mm. Um, I can't afford this thing. And I'm like, I'm struggling and, and I, I don't, I like, I don't know if I can sustain this. And then having him say, look, um, here's, here's a plus side. Here's this and this and this, how you can be supported. It's, it's creating moments of, of just spaciousness where you can be, you can be true to yourself and, 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 like unconcerned about about what society thinks, about what people on Twitter think, about everything else, and just like be like, am I doing something that I'm happy with? Was I happy with that interaction? Am I am I happy with the trajectory of my life? Is like is just creating 
and it's it's hard now because we have like we think downtime is watching Netflix or playing PlayStation <laughs> or or drinking with the boys or, yeah. or, or or things like that. But like we need to find like true downtime. Like just work in the garden. I hate it, but like when I finally get into it, it creates a moment of spaciousness. Yeah. Um, you know, just like sitting and having conversation with my daughter. Uh, it's like I can't believe I'm raising and like 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 a human being she's 11 and and she's like just just having that conversation and and and, and just like nothing else matters at that point it's like mm. moments of spaciousness yeah i feel like um the world we in just you need to be very very militant in creating those 100% and not just creating them protecting them as well i'm bullish with my time <laughs> i'm yeah. bullish with my time and my rituals yeah because without those rituals, you, you fall into patterns that will most likely not lead to you moving forward in any way. Uh, look, it's it's like it's it's hard. Uh, like like falling out of what everyone else is doing is hard. Um, it's it's hard. Uh, you you just need. I think you need the right people around you. Uh, yeah, and you know, on that, how important it is is it to you know have a wife, have you know a kid, having in, a present father, having you know a good network of friends like how much is how important is that to the things that you do i think i, I think my wife and my daughter are the driving force behind everything i do mm. behind absolutely everything i do i i want my wife to be proud of me right like i i care so much about like what she thinks right if if you know like after my spaces i'm like you know, she listened last night and was like, was, was that okay? Uh, you know, like, uh, do you think it was good? And no, I care, right? I care about the kind of man and father I am to my daughter, mm. right? Um, like, I want them to see me as a, as, as a good person, right? Um, I care about making my parents and my siblings proud, right? Like, when my siblings say, I'm doing well at school because I want to be like you. It makes me happy. And I think, yeah. I think that those are the things that give um, like meaning to like to life. Right. Uh, where it makes you feel like you're not just walking in and out of buildings for the rest of your life. It's like, there's, there's something, there's something a bit more. Right. I spend a lot of time at home. Um, like I spend, I spend lot, lots and lots of time at home. And I think the lockdown uh, for me was a very good thing because then I could, I could spend it with, you know, with my family, with my wife and my daughter. I could have, mm. you know, the, that coffee in the morning and, and those walks in the evening and, and just like opportunities just to be, to be present. I, I think it's absolutely, absolutely vital to disconnect from everything else and just be with a core support system. Yeah. How do you think people should be preparing themselves? You know, how do you put yourself in a position to take advantage of opportunities? I don't know why this came up, but in my mind, I just thought about that because I think you've done a lot of work on who you are and yeah. like the people you have around you and you know the the skills that you might have and all of that. Um, and I feel like that all adds up to who you become, and that forms part of how you position yourself for the things that will come. So, how do you you think people should cultivate you know that ability to prepare themselves for the opportunities that will come ahead? I think the most important thing in life is value, right? Mm. Um, you know, you were speaking earlier about the value that you add to the community that you serve, right? Um, the value that those close to you add to your life and, and, and the things that you do, right? There, there's some conversations that people have with me that annoy me, 
right? And uh, it's deserving, right? Like, like I, I, I don't, I don't, and I don't enough, I don't earn enough for the thing that I'm doing, right? I don't get paid for this, or I don't, I'm not getting enough of this out of that. Uh, for me, I've had to accept that no one's going to uh, hand me like the life that I deserve. And look, considering the history of our country, there's a lot of things that have gone like differently that have disadvantaged us and all of that. But unfortunately, we can't really change that, mm. right? So what we need to understand from where we are now is how do we add value um, to something that we can extract value uh, from. But you have to add value first before you can extract it, right? I, I always tell people that um, we're leveraging each other. Um, mm. We're always leveraging each other. Uh, and the best thing to do is to make sure that you can be leveraged so that you can leverage the other person. And mm. that, that's how business works, right? Someone hires you because they think you can add value to what they're doing, right? And you agree because you think you can extract value from, from, from that engagement. So positioning yourself for, for success is is, is, is making sure that you can be leveraged and that you're awake enough to identify the leverage that you can get. Mm. That's so powerful. I really appreciate that thinking. How do you um, cultivate moments of, of gratitude? You seem like a very grateful person for the things that you've achieved and where you are now. Reflection. Again. Spaciousness. <laughs> is, look, I think the like the the moments of 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 peace all the positive things happen when um when i create spaciousness mm -hmm. so i try to be very bullish about about moments of spaciousness because that's that's when i'm grateful that's when i'm feeling positive that's when i can tackle like a difficult conversation with grace right um where else like the op the you know the opposite is 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 when you're anxious right you know if you're you can't try to be grateful in like moments of high anxiety, mm. right? If you are, were in back-to-back -back meetings the entire day and then someone messages you and they say, Mesh, I need you right now. Like that's the wrong time, right? Like the likelihood of you responding negatively is high. Um, but you said like our lives are busy. So you have to create, like you have to cover those moments of spaciousness. And in that, that's when I reflect, that's when I... You know, that's when I'm happy. That's when, that's when I'm graceful. And, and that's when I'm grateful. Mm. Okay. I think we're going to end it there. I really appreciated this conversation. Um, I sent myself a text of the title. Okay. Um, <laughs> I want you to tell me what you think of this title. Uh, come for the product, stay for the purpose. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's, that's Maybe deep. that's like the last question. Do you think you have a purpose and... Do you feel a responsibility to fulfill it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, you know, I tweeted uh, out of that frustration that there's something that I'm good at and it's not programming. Um, I think I understand people. Mm. I think my, 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 my greatest gift is intuition. And I think my, my purpose is using that intuition for good. Mm. Um, it's, it's connecting people. It's, it's creating space for people is like it's making sure that other people can succeed because somehow every time i do that like it comes back to me tenfold yeah and i want to tell you man that's so important we need more people like that we need more people understanding that there's you being here is not a mistake yeah it matters 
and you can contribute something. Like I'm always tweeting this and people are probably like very bored of me, but like everyone has a role to play and there are no small parts. And someone corrected me and said, um, there are small parts, but they are not less important. Oh. And I think that mean like it means so much. I think the work that you guys are doing is going to be super impactful and important, not just right now, but like in five, 10 years when people assess the ecosystem and they go, Oh wait, we forgot that we needed to take care of the people that, you know, needed to be taken care of. Like you needed to enable a certain part of the forgotten population. 100%. And this is the work that's going to go, oh, wait, but these guys have been doing it since that year. <laughs> <laughs> They've been doing these spaces. They've been building this community and no one was paying attention. I hope that um, those spaces keep growing. I'll keep attending. As soon as I hear C++, that's when I log off. No, I we, won't lie. <laughs> look, we've, we've, we, 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 we've introduced structure. And I think, uh, I think yesterday, look, I think, again, you know, you don't want to ruin this thing because it's growing organically. Uh, but we came to a realization that you, you can't let it run wild. Otherwise, then it's no longer meaningful. Mm. And, and, and for me, like, I'm just, like, I'm grateful, man. I'm, like, I'm, I'm grateful for being able to enable other people. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for being able to help uh, where I can because I feel like I owe it to the world because there's so many other people like enabled me. Mm. And, and I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep doing it because like, I think it's meaningful. Yeah, and it is. Thank you so much, man. Thanks. You can talk, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs>